Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. And we are happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by the voice of the blues. He's Chris Kerber here on the show. Kerbs, we appreciate the time, man. How are you doing today? BK, doing good. How are you guys? Uh, doing very well. Wanted to start with you having the conversation that we had to open the show today. And that is by discussing the debut in a Blue Note uniform, at least, for Kasperi Kapanen. What did you see from him last night, Curbs, that stood out to you? You know what? I, I, I saw speed. I saw some smart puck play. Uh, I saw his willingness to go to the middle of the ice at a couple of shots. And really specifically, one play really jumped out at me, and that's when the Blues had pulled their goaltender, and a pass got deflected and was sitting in the middle of the ice. And without a little tenacity, that's an easy clear for the other team. But Kapanen got on it and was able to get the puck back, and the Blues kept some pressure on to keep their hopes of tying that game up alive. So I think we saw some pretty good things, uh, and I think you saw a player that was energetic to play for his new team and was given a good amount of ice time to do so, even elevated to that top power play unit as the game went on. So uh, my expectations moving forward on that front, I don't know that I have much at this point, just other than to see if he continues with some of that consistency and then if he gets rewarded offensively because while you saw some good things there has to be reason over the course of time that Pittsburgh said that basically the remaining one point whatever million of the cap space and that they would free up on this year of his contract was worth putting him on waivers so um, I I think a, a good start for him would you see where it goes one thing that I did enjoy watching with him curbs last night and I mentioned this to Joe on post game I liked the fact that he just took shots it, it, it was it's not that he's just taking shots to take shots, but he's putting the puck on net to create scoring opportunities. And to me, it was no coincidence that Robert Thomas and Pavel Buchnevich had a very successful game because of his play. Well, look, that's, that's the one thing about lines that's real interesting is the fact that it really does take all three. And so when you get a player that can play with some speed, a player that's going to win the, the foot race to the wall to, to win a puck and a player that has some smarts to put the puck in the right spot, that's definitely going to help your, your line mates out. And, of course, you're playing with Butch Navich, who is a very solid, very good 200-foot player you know, on, on this hockey team. So I, I guess one of the things from a coaching standpoint you can look at, and we saw Craig Berube do this with Sammy Blay as well in his first game back, but he put them in a position to really get ingratiated with his team really quickly by a lot of minutes and on some key important minutes as well. So I thought it was, uh, from that standpoint, a, a fun coaching move to watch how Craig Berube handled that. 
We're talking to Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN. Curves on the topic of players moving as we get closer to the deadline, it's been a very active, I'm not even technically deadline yet, but deadline week, deadline month really in the NHL. Alex made an interesting point earlier today about how this impacts the chemistry. And we see this a lot in the NBA. Like, I know you're not, I don't know if you're a huge uh, NBA fan, Curbs, but the Lakers, for example, just completely overhauled their roster as we got closer to the trade deadline. And they're hoping that this iteration of their team is better than what we saw for the first 50 to 60 games of the year. We've seen some of that this year in the NHL, which feels different than previous years, especially with a team like the Rangers, for example. How much of an impact do you expect that to have both down the stretch and as we get closer to the playoffs with these teams that have completely overhauled their roster and the way that they play stylistically? Good general managers are very concerned about what type of moves impact chemistry. The move last night around midnight of Jonathan Quick to the Columbus Blue Jackets has been met this morning when you read reports from L.A. and talk to some people out there with, some real angst, like a lot of disappointment. Now, you can also understand that move, trading a 37-year-old goaltender is going to be a UFA for a 28-year-old goaltender who's also going to be a UFA, but uh, th- th- there's, there's definitely some intrigue along that one and wondering how that could impact the chemistry of the L.A. Kings. The team that has made the biggest or at least the most moves in terms of bringing players in would be the Toronto Maple Leafs. you got to be a little bit concerned about chemistry, but also Kyle Dubas looking at a team that says, look, it hasn't been good enough. Now you've got grit. Now you've got size. Now you've got character. Now you've got experience. There's nothing left for this team to do but win. And I think you're also dealing with a general manager there that realizes that if he didn't make some moves and make some gambles right now, and they lose in the first round of the playoffs, which is going to be a battle in the Eastern Conference, he's probably out of a job. So there's might be a little bit of desperation preservation in there for for Kyle Dubas on that one. Then you see teams like Tampa that made the move, gave up quite a lot of teams, but made the move for a young Tanner Janot. And that one is one of those things that can simply improve your chemistry because he's going to come in there and just be a team favorite right off the bat with his style of play. So chemistry is a real intriguing factor there. I don't think teams in the NHL can completely overhaul, but you definitely see Toronto realizing, man, with as good as Boston's been, with the fact that we could end up playing Tampa yet again, and whatever the scenario might be, uh, that they were going to need more to get out of it. And I frankly see some of those Eastern Conference teams starting to trend towards that Western style of play that we've seen successful here in, in the West with Colorado, St. Louis, and you know, eventually you know, go back to L.A. and what it took to win a Stanley Cup there. So, it's a fascinating thing, and the amazing thing about it all, Brandon, is this. The play of the playoffs are going. Some of these teams are going to go, man, these deals were worth it. We got rewarded. Some of these teams are going to lose in the first round and go, oops. And, of course, we're going to make overarching statements about all of it based on what happens, regardless Correct. of who ends up, just based on what fits our own narrative. Sports talk radio, yeah, baby. you got to love it. It's the beautiful thing. Curbs, do you expect more activity by Friday? From the Blues? Blues and NHL. Well, I, yeah, I still expect some moves around the National Hockey League. Uh, I, you know, these deals are really taking some time because a lot of them are involving some third teams. Even, you know, even the move, it, it didn't take a third team, but the Capitals just recently, earlier today, trading Lars Eller to Colorado and getting a, a 2024 second round pick. I believe they're keeping 31% of their salary. Now, he's a UFA at the end of the year. But what's also happening here is 
teams like Minnesota, teams like Arizona, teams that have been willing to step up and absorb some salary for another team in exchange for a draft pick. You can only retain salary on three players at a given time. So eventually some of those you know, banks are going to run out for some teams and limit the ability for other teams to make some deals. So I still do think there are some hockey trades to be made. I still think you'll see some defensemen on the move. I know there's a lot of smoke circling around uh, Colton Pareko right now. Still think a move like that would surprise me, but I guess I've been surprised before. Uh, but as far as the Blues go, I don't know that the Blues are actively seeking to, say, move Pareko. I think if there is a chance for them to clear up space and some cap space, that's where it's going to become very valuable for them. My guess tells me they'd like to move a defenseman other than Colton Pareko, but maybe the most interest is Colton. Uh, you know, for me, I just don't like the guys that sought after with that kind of contract. To me, it tells you how good of a player he is. And I think if you're going to stay competitive as the Blues want to be, I think you need a player that can play the way he plays. So uh, we'll see how that all plays out. But I, I, don't, I don't know that the Blues are actively going after things like they were with their UFAs, Brandon. But I, I definitely think, though, that the phones are still ringing. And uh, if there's another move to free up some cap space, I think they would do it. Curbs, just as a follow-up to that, and I'm not asking you to name any names, but to me it does seem like the left side is a little bit of a logjam for how many guys you have at the NHL level, but also how many guys you have in the minors and prospects that you might want to get some looks at moving forward. Yeah, and, and you know, the other thing, too, that probably is going to need to be talked about is when you hear, you know, Doug Armstrong mentioning the fact that freeing up ice time for guys like Cairo and Thomas to grow and Jake Neighbors to grow, and we heard this even with the move of, with the move of TJ Oshie and, and things like that, moving some guys around so other players can step into roles, I think that's going to have to happen defensively for the Blues, too. Because right now, as it sits, you would be coming back if you didn't make any other moves. You'd be coming back with Falk, Pareko, Letty, Scandella, you know, the, the whole group in, in your top four. Then, then you've got Bortuzzo. You've got Rosen. You, you've, you're set for seven. You're going to have to move somebody if you are going to open up any space for Castle to come up, for, for Perunovic to come up, for Tucker, you know, to stay put. So, Logic tells you, whether it's at the trade deadline, the upcoming draft, that somewhere along the way, either some young defensemen have to be moved or some space has to be opened up for some of those young defensemen to take the next step. Curbs, we appreciate the time. As always, man, thank you so much for hopping on with us today. Enjoy the call tomorrow night. Blues versus the Sharks pregame with Alex. It's a late one. Starts at 830. Kerber will have the car call starting at 930. Thanks so much for the time. We'll talk with you again next week, my man. All right, guys, have an awesome week.